0: You're listening to the Jaybird Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast
1: of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jaybird Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to a fun evening of Jay Bird watching. Let's make it so I can actually see both of us here and <laughs> zoom in. Hey, Jason, extreme close up.
0: Whoa! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perk of only having two of us. We actually get to make sure everybody sees every little pimple and everything on each Oh, yeah. yeah. and I don't so, have crow's
0: feet or bags under my eyes or <laughs> any of that stuff. And that's
1: because you didn't have to worry about the Blue Jays stressing you out over the last two weeks.
0: Right. <laughs> Right. Now I will say I'm slightly invested in the Phillies as being, you know, kind of a lifelong Phillies fan and my favorite player ever being Mike Schmidt. But you know, I know we'll get into this in a bit, but my god, are these ever exciting baseball games? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, why don't before we get to the topic of the hour here? Why don't we start with talking about the playoffs? And to that point, I've been a casual watcher, but to that point, I've been very happy and um, seeing what I especially watching the Phillies that has been an amazing series against the Diamondbacks. Lay it out for
0: me, Jason. What you got? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is you've got a team who in the Phillies. Who built themselves to do exactly what they're doing here? Um, you know, when the time is right, they're they're big money guys. They're they're big bats. They're 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 coming through, and the chances that they took on, you know, a guy that's that's you know considered by lots to be one of the better center fielders in in Major League Baseball is a twenty two year old. Um, I mean, what's he hitting a buck twenty or something like that? nobody seems to care because they can't put anything by him at center. So, I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it's interesting baseball to watch because it's a juxtaposition, the two teams. I mean, you've got the diamondbacks that, you know, are so young and they're, you know, they're oh, built yeah. along the same premise as the Orioles, but I think have gotten to where they are much quicker than the Orioles ever, you know, dreamed they could possibly. They also prove that, you have to have a little bit more than just talent to get to where you're going, and you know, much to my chagrin, uh, the 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 Dalton Varsho trade is really showing its its ugly colors at this point right now. I mean, Moreno yeah. looks like you know the second coming of Gary Carter, and um, you know it's and and Gurriel is playing great. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to win that you- series.
1: Yeah, on that don't no. I can I can take the Guriel part with a grain of salt. He was going to yeah. be a free agent at the end of the year, but the fact that it took the two of them to be the actual deciding part of this whole that whole trade, yeah. I think that yeah. is what's starting to really stick
0: and hit. The, with the, the Moreno one bugged me a moment. lot. Yeah, the Moreno one bugged me a lot at the start, and Varsho had had a pretty good start to the, you know like he was good in spring training, and it was starting to look like it might be okay, and I knew. That it was just like, you know, it was just lying under the ice somewhere. And Moreno was going to come out, crashing out of it. And we'd be like, damn it. So that's what's happening I knew
1: now. It, um, it was that, not expecting it to happen this quick.
0: You know, and and on the flip side of things, the Texas-Texas series, uh, I mean, I I really, really, really don't like the Astros. I, I'm really now finding out that I might dislike the Astros more than I dislike the Yankees. And that's saying a lot. Um, and especially they, even the
1: fact that we're Blue Jays fans and we don't like the Rangers right. as well is even saying another piece to this whole thing. The Battle right. of Texas, I'm rooting for the Texas Rangers, and I'm just going to say this, that what I have watched, I'm being reminded of Jose Bautista watching Adelos Garcia so much and the fact that he actually, I kind of feel like, in the midst of that arguing, the other night might've actually lit a fire under the Astros ass to get them back into the series. Well, and maybe it was a little bit of a catalyst to where he is, but the fact that he has a grand slam yesterday, it's completely, you know, it's putting super things super interesting in the
0: that you would say that. So I actually had a long conversation with a friend of mine who's a, a baseball guy and, and loves to talk about this kind of stuff. And, you know, he's a big proponent of, of the actual parts of baseball and that's not a part of baseball. What happened there, and this is like whether you want to believe the conspiracy or any of the other stuff that that stands behind it, Maldonado knew that there was a chance that he would go off, have a ball be thrown at him. They knew that Texas's reliever was flying, and he very rarely pitches two innings. So the Hmm. longer you leave him on the bench, the better things are. And if you watch that inning again, Maldonado took his time like literal They were down to the half of a second On every pitch clock To try and ice the kicker And then they see the opportunity And I mean if you're gonna And you know they kept saying oh why would we do that With you know with two out and da, da, da. Well because you're you're the Astros And you know that and you, you gotta find to Every know. little edge you can to win yeah, <laughs> Any borderline cheat you're gonna do You're gonna do and to throw a yeah. 97 mile an hour fastball at that guy Up and in I mean that's it's it's not baseball, and I wish just for a second I wish that the ump hadn't taken that one step and got in between them, and he could have started wailing on Maldonado because he it would have looked like looked him fight. in the eye. Because like I if think you it was coming. again, he just won't look at him, he won't look at him. So you know that he called for it, or he at least called up and in. 100 um, percent. And there then it was, was
1: a complete blatant. That was a Nolan Ryan-esque situation. Yeah. He played for both those teams. That's the irony, irony of the thing. But to that yeah. point, I agree with you. There was definitely intent in that whole thing. You know, Adolis Garcia had every right to be very upset. But to right. that point, that fight actually, I even to where it went, lit a fire onto the Astros' ass a little bit. And to that point, it has become a very interesting series. Tied tonight, going into the you know seventh game. It's going to be
0: very interesting to see where that goes tonight at 8 o'clock. Yeah, Eastern but tonight. fun fun baseball, really fun baseball to watch. And because I don't really have a vested interest, I mean, how much fun is it to just watch Schwarber and Harper try and hit every ball as fun? I think they're in a contest at this point right now to see who can hit one farther. Like there may be like 10 grand on the line for over 450 or like whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's amazing, though.
1: So. Well, did the, I think the funnier part is in the minutes of watching that last night, the um, fact that he hits that monster bash, right? It is a full-on crazy – it lands on the you freaking, know it's like the one he hit for the Cubs back in the day yeah. that they literally encapsulated on top of the scoreboard. He's no way Albert's going to hit one right there again. Right. Um, to that point, the next at-bat, he literally gets a single out of – it makes Alejandro Kirk's singles look like they went far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it goes like this far in front of home plate, barely, you know – what, a core of a meter?
0: <laughs> I, can, I can get behind a guy like Kyle Schwarber. Like, what did he have? The All same right. amount of singles that he did home runs this year? Like, I mean, that's a guy you got to love. And he obviously doesn't <laughs> adhere to too much dietary restriction. He, you know, he, uh, he probably has a good time on the weekends. And, you know, he just strikes me as the kind of guy that you would love to play baseball with. And... Yeah. I really like the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like Bryce Harper. There's a lot of people who don't give Harper any run. A lot of people that think he's an asshole, whatever. I've I've, I've now <laughs> watched a lot on Harper. Bryce Harper, watched a lot on young Bryce Harper. And it's similar yeah. to, you know, the reason that people don't like Sidney Crosby or they don't like Tiger Woods or they don't like some of these guys. They just don't understand them. They're, they don't understand when someone is so good and so focused that in some cases they can't even deal with their own teammates because they're not trying hard. Do you ever, do you ever watch the show, show Shorezy?
1: I have so enough of it to know where you're probably going. <laughs> it's a
0: Canadian <laughs> show based off a show called Letter, Kenny. It's a hilarious show. If yep. you ever get a chance, watch it. It's so good. But in the second episode fun. of Shorezy, he says it's not that the team doesn't, that doesn't know how to win. It's they don't hate to win. Right. Like like Bryce Harper hates to win. He doesn't care about the other parts of it. He just hates to win. And he would be the kind of guy, not unlike shorty that would say we're never going to lose again. And if we do, you know, we're going to fight or we're going to do something different to make it so that we don't lose. So I like him
1: now the, the funny thing is i've seen enough of those highlights on that show even to know where you're
0: going with that whole thing <laughs> i do
1: want to wrap up one thing you mentioned on uh kyle Schwarber, because it, in the midst of the everyman kind of commenting that you went on there i have one another comparison for you it has seeped in blue jay and philadelphia lore and that is is he the current day equivalent of matt stairs
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. John Croft, <laughs> matt stairs um there's been a bunch of them and they're all they're all very endearing players, and uh, Matt yep. Stairs. That's a super good one. Like uh, you know, love that Matt right, That's right <laughs> on. That. That's right on the head. Yeah,
1: I th- I had a feeling you would be you know catching my mantra in that one. <laughs> yeah. So, but I I there is something to that Bryce Harper thing, and it isn't just the fact that he gets in a fight with Jonathan Papelbon. We already know as Blue Jays fans what Jonathan Papelbon is over the last <laughs> million years. Um. So to that point, when people like that clash, you get interesting pieces. And I think that Josh Donaldson and Bryce Harper would be BFFs in another lifetime if they got to play with each other, because it is 100% the put up or shut up kind of like attitude with both of them. And Bryce Harper very much lives by the David Price principle in that fact, too, of, oh, you don't like it? Well, play better. (laughs) It's that simple.
0: And I feel like Bo is going that way a little bit. I feel like that's in Bo Bichette. Um, I feel like yeah. Bobochette really badly wants to win. And um, mm. you know, he's now committed to the Jays for a while, and and I know that he he very seriously wants to win as a blue jay. And, you know, a lot of people accuse him of being quiet or or coming off as being timid or weird or just you know, all of those things. But you know, when you're driven and you're that good at something, when you're not in a single sport, like you can be, you know, Novak Djokovic and you can be Federer and you can be Tiger Woods, and and you can be a jerk, because you can be so hyper focused on yourself. But when you play a team sport, then you become a cancer, you become all these other things. Now, let's not mix those two things up, though, because there's certainly bad people for teams, and bad people for the sport, Papelbaum being one of them, funny you would mention it. But (laughs) You know, both guys teams. that are hyper-focused and the guys that want to win, I think that even the guys like a Trey Turner, who I'm sure is hyper-focused and I'm sure he wants to win too, but he just pre- seems yeah. pretty smooth about what he goes about his business. I actually see like the home runs now. Like he's in the Dougie, mm-hmm. like like up and armed, ready to go, like big high fives, big oh, yeah. smashes. And you don't see that from him on the field. So I think, um, you know, again, I think the- He's an interesting the- story for this year. Who, Turner? Turner. Yeah. The fact that he I he was he admitted himself he was pressing
1: to begin the season because he was trying to live up to that giant contract. And I don't know if you know this, but maybe you do. And if not, the Blue Jays fans here Mm -hmm. get to get a piece of this whole thing too. The Philadelphia fans started instead of booing him, collectively decided to just start cheering the living shit out of Trey Turner Mm -hmm. and flipped his mental card right around. And next thing you know, we saw Trey Turner be Trey Turner for the Philadelphia Phillies. And he ended up becoming a big part of them down the stretch.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting too, because, um, you know, watching the games with my sons and, and just, you know, starting to see the different, the, you know, some of the different stadiums and stuff like that, that you don't maybe get to see. I, I mean, how intimidating mm-hmm. is it to go play in Philly? Like those guys <laughs> are, it's like a, it's like a room full of rabid dogs. Now, I will say this as well. I mean, they have really- been
1: there and it thankfully I was there watching the, I just happened to be in town, but Holy crap. I couldn't believe it. Cause they were just playing the freaking you know, Miami Marlins. And this is like five years ago when the Miami Marlins weren't relevant and they were all over the Miami Marlins. <laughs> so to this point, this That's- will show you how long ago I was there. Vince Velasquez, I like Vince Velasquez was pitching a near no hitter that day. I happened to be there six innings and no, no hit ball. He ended up striking out 15 in that game. Oof, wow. It's slightly nuts. That was probably yeah. easily the best game I that Vasquez has thrown in his career.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were but there for it. Yeah, it's, it's very fun
1: to watch and be wandering around. That was the only time I've ever been to Citizens Bank ballpark. But that ballpark is beautiful. And you got to respect a place that literally has the home of uh, Philly cheesesteaks in their own ballpark.
0: Yeah. Um and. <laughs> you know i think that what it created is is like um both of my boys were like i would love to go watch a game there and it's you know for the casual fan um i know that you know like like you said you go to a city and maybe you're there when the baseball season's on and you pop into a park and they they can see you know how romantic the sport is and and how it can it can change people's lives and i mean it's it's so cool for me to see, you know, for that kind of it, I mean, I hate the fact that, you know, Arizona is selling $9 tickets. It, it really makes me angry. It, it, it really, hurts. yeah. And, you know, I also like the fact that the Philadelphia fans were so angry about it. They just decided to start buying tickets. And so no one was yeah. going to be sitting in the seats. So, I mean, I like that kind of stuff. It's fun. The Texas, Texas stuff. I mean, I can do without it. Um, I don't mm. understand an interstate rivalry like that as much. I mean, you know, they're 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 both they're both not good baseball teams you know character wise so i mean let them slug it out and hopefully they beat each other up so bad that whoever wins the national just cakewalks through (laughs) but i want them to be good games i I
1: think you're probably right with that i really think that's probably where it's going eventually here in the short term but we'll see yeah but anyways let's move on Let's talk what we actually wanted to talk about this evening. And it's not the fact that it's the 30th anniversary of this, Jason. (laughs) We'll get to that near the end of the show. Um, I want to talk Cito Gaston. Cito Gaston, as of all Blue Jays fans probably are well aware of at this point, has been elected to the – I forget the committee that – the new current era baseball committee has voted to the fact that he is on the ballot. For the baseball hall of fame this year there's some impressive people also on that ballot too that i'm it's crazy really really hoping don't beat him out because i think honestly that whole ballot is worthy of being in the hall of fame then the biggest catch on this whole thing is i know that jim leland is going to be one of those votes and Uh, i don't know how many they take that's that's the one thing i can't find
0: let's just let's just hold on before we so this is the contemporary baseball era committee nominees so this is a a bunch of baseball minds who get together and they pick some people who aren't in the hall of fame and feel like they should be so these guys still have a shot to get in i think on other on other things but let's just quickly quickly talk about like the the sort of the the really impressive ones like Sido gaston It's amazing. You know, 894 wins, two World Series championships. Davey Johnson, 1,300 wins as a manager, um, won a World Series. Jim Leyland, 1,769 wins, won championship. Um, And Lou Pinella. Like, I mean, you can't forget the Lou Pinellas on that list. You know, 800, uh, sorry, 1,835 wins. Um, he did only win one world championship, but I think what this does is I think this shows you how hard it is to win a, a multiple world championships. And so correct to the point of what we're talking about here with Cedo Gasson, I don't know if you saw this clip or not, but Dusty Baker, who's the only person I can stomach on the Astros, Dusty yep. came out <laughs> and said just recently, the only reason I stayed was for the SETO effect. So they call going back to back as a manager, the SETO effect. And I find go. it so interesting that, you know, as Jay's fans and as a, a group of a collective group of fans, no matter how deep you go or how or how casual you are, you know, his name, you know what he did. So but you don't know the body of work that's behind. Now, he has the least amount of wins. So he's probably not getting in. like I mean, it's probably not something if he, even if it's two or three of them that gets pick, get picked. But he yeah. is the only one out of that group that has multiple World Series championships and are the only one that has back-to-backs. So, I think... And he's you know.
1: also got a really weird history tidbit on his side here that he was actually the first African-American manager to win a World Series.
0: Really? I, guess, I was yeah. shocked
1: when I heard that, too, because I'm like, really? There's no yeah. way in hell. There's been always so many good managers over the years, but... That is on document, that he was the first one to win a World Series.
0: Well, there you so go. So I mean, you're it's...
1: talking about history tidbits and stuff, and then the fact that he was an All Star when he played one year, he played with, he played and roomed with Hank Aaron. You got a, oh, a, right. a just it's it's very much in the fact that Jim Leland's been everywhere and done everything in baseball. Cito Gaston is the same kind of uh, manager, baseball lifer that you know, Jim Leland is yeah, just didn't have as many years managing, but the whole thing on that one is flipped on that whole thing is Leland wasn't as much of a player, you know, right. he right. didn't play as long as Cito Gaston did. Do you, so, um, and the do you remember the that...
0: highlights of Jim Leland smoking in the, in the Dougie, like his mustache <laughs> used to be yellow and he'd be just, he'd just be in dart after dart, after dart, just sitting there in the dugout. And I know yeah. at one point they had to make a move because the players were like, you can't just be doing this here. <laughs> And he was like, he'd like kind of get around the corner like this and be like, you just see the smoke. Hey, don't worry about
1: this. Just go off off screen just a touch. (laughs) But to that Uh, point, we all know what Cito Gaston did as a Blue Jay and everything. And to that point, there is no anything short of amazing and Hall of Fame worthy as far as especially enshrinement in the Blue Jay Hall of Fame. And I think there is plenty of collective amount of work here for him as a player, manager, and just what he's provided to the game of, Baseball, You know, there's enough players that go on, just like you hear all the other stories from all those other wonderful gentlemen that you just enlisted. The fact that you hear the stories from Jose Bautista this season when he gets inducted to level excellence that really took Cito Gaston, his team at that time to really make him click. At the plate, and then we saw him turn into the monster of onslaught and offense that is, you know, taking the Blue Jays record books by storm, Jason. Yeah. So there's all those little intangibles, and that committee that elected him is looking for those kind of things for what you look at where the votes have went for the people off of that contemporary board the last few years. Um, this is the same board, I believe, that elected eventually like uh, Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame. Of all things, so I I think they're looking for those extra pieces. They know Jim Leland's going to get in. Yeah, I don't think they're worried about Jim Leland getting in the Hall of Fame or even correct those kind of things. I don't think they're ever worried about managers and whatnot getting in like that. But I did finally find what the criteria for enshrinement is off of that committee Hmm. when they finally go and tabulate the votes for everybody and whoever votes. I'm assuming it's the writers, just like it is for the regular Hall of Fame ballot is the same rules as the hall of fame ballot. If you get 75% or higher, it doesn't matter how many people get it. Really? If five people get 75% of the votes for some reason. And everybody's unanimously agreeing with their amount of votes that they're allowed to do. Here you go.
0: Well, Twitterverse. If that's
1: the criteria.
0: Yeah. We should start pumping see, the Twitterverse then and start. Vote, start Cito. Almost, yeah, <laughs> vote Cito. Get those writers going. Um, they're easily swayed with cupcakes and things like that. Beer I mean, <laughs> so far, far money right? in the hotels. Yeah, and... <laughs> so
1: 894 career wins. I know he had 837 losses, which gives him barely above 500 for his career. But, God, there were some bad years there when he came back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then even after the, you know, what the should be dynasty of the Blue Jays got, got ruined by the things that are the baseball strike in 1994, there was, they were heading in the right direction, even in 94, they were 500, but they weren't any worse or better than they were at that time of the year. Those two years they were in 1992 and 1993, There is nothing saying that the Blue Jays went on a run in 1994 and gotten the Ricky Henderson, the David Cohn, whoever it might have been, Jason, to be able to push them over to hurdle that is yeah. one of the most rude things in sports to me because it really <laughs> just it ruined baseball in Canada. The Expos yeah, were I one mean, of the best it, teams in baseball in '94 too. Everybody forgets that.
0: I, I I also think that you know you you make a really good point. Like I mean, you know it it was a real it was a real, uh, it was a real um, uh, shining time for baseball in Canada around there. I mean, the Expos were good, the Jays were good, you were starting to see more players from Canada show up down in the US and, and play well. And, you know, it. we never when I was a kid, I I, I don't remember really any Canadians that were of note, Um, you would hit one every now and again, you know, on the broadcast, and be like, Oh, hey, this guy was born in, in Peterborough, Ontario, you know, and you'd be like, he was but, you know, it's, huh? it's yeah, it's, it's to me, it's one of those things where um you know and even now to this day like um there was a kid on the uh twins um that's canadian and when they mentioned it i was like oh super awesome and it perked like just everyone in the room perks up and if you're at a bar if you're somewhere else if you're in canada you just notice people are like oh really like like really no way Awesome. <laughs> um, I, I will say this as an aside, I was down in the U S this weekend uh, for, for a couple of hockey games, um, just regular league, league games for my son. So we yeah. were down in Seattle for one. We stayed overnight and then we were in Bellingham and, after years of going down with competitive sports and, you know, and then my kids and coaching them and going down, usually we don't get a good run of the, or a good, good feeling from the American parents. And, you know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's two totally different schools of thought. It's a lot of down in the States, it's a lot of glass bangers, we call them. And, you know, in Canada, we just know that you don't bang on the glass. They're not fish in an aquarium that you just don't <laughs> smash on the glass and so i will say this though this was the most respectful group of american parents coaches and everyone that we've dealt with. it was a, an absolute pleasure and the seattle junior hockey association and the uh wenatchee warriors should both be super proud of not only their parents um but the kids they were unbelievably respectful kids and um it was an awesome, awesome weekend. And, and my hope is that um, that as so this is, you know, hockey is a fledgling sport in Seattle. It used to be really popular in Seattle and then it went away. And now with the Kraken back, it's just exploding. So my hope is that that we can continue to see sort of this this level of respect. Uh, And I've even seen some of it, like even with Bryce Harper hitting that home run and staring into the dugout, I mean, it's, it's, it's a disrespect thing, but it's not, it's just like, I'm looking right at you guys. Like, like here's the gauntlet. And I didn't even think the backflip from Garcia was all that bad. Like, I mean, I, in fact, I really liked the first one. I I liked the first one. Like I liked it when he walked it out and, and, you know, spiked the bat, but You know, it's it's I think it speaks to a lot of different parts of sport. And I think what we're starting to see, you know, with guys like Cito and guys like like who who sort of changed the trajectory of a sport just by. I mean, he was such a nice guy and such a cool dude and such like any time they talk to him, you're just like, God, how good would it be to have that guy manage you? Like and look at the guys he turned around like he he made some of the best hitters, not only in Jays history, but in Major League Baseball history, better hitters by being the way that he was.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that personality shows up in the, you know, how more or less he, everybody remembers that Bobby Cox got us to the playoffs for the first time, but Cito was the one that really, really cemented us as an actual competitive team in Major League Baseball. And the fact that, you know, his first year of managing, he turns the team around in an interim role. Yes. and runs away with a 77-49 and 49 record <laughs> after taking the team. I'm looking at it right in front of me, and it still doesn't make any damn sense to me in 1989 that he does that. Was there some other things that played into that with him getting good players from, with Pat Gillick? Of course. But the yeah. fact that we've already seen it as current-day Blue Jays fans, you can give the manager everything you want. But if you can't produce on the field, you know, we get to why we're talking about Co. Gaston in
0: the middle of the playoff race. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it also so. speaks to looking at a guy like Aaron Boone who, you know, seems, strikes me as being a total idiot. Um, I mean, he, he may have had a mediocre playing career and he may have, you know, the, the highest perch in the, you know, in the major league manager scale, but I mean, yep. he can't produce a winner. He keeps getting thrown out of games and I think it's the polar I feel like that's opposite.
1: what Yankee fans are watching it for now at this point I don't know
0: I mean I think it's the polar opposite of a guy like Sito and I mean you know Lou Pinella lost his stack a lot when he was a manager <laughs> but I will say this in epic fashion plenty of time everything by the way. you read about this whole group of guys like this group like Leland and, and Pinella and and Sito and the, you know bunch of guys all oh, yes exactly totally <laughs> different and I like the fact that you know this year the Jays got another. They and the Jays have been lucky. They have had pretty classy managers for the last little while. And I'm hoping that you know the Brios. You know, I don't know what we're going to call it. You know, the, bedo- the fall you know, is debacle. More or less. <laughs> yeah, the the Barrios debacle or whatever we want to call it. I hope that it, right now, according to
1: Blue Jay fans, it's going around the Twitterverse as the decision.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Okay, the decision. <laughs> um, I'll honor X on that one. So. But I feel like John Schneider is, is setting a precedence for, you know, and it's not a nicer manager. It's just like you said, it's a yeah. class act that respects the game. Um, and I mean, I don't know how the Astros have turned into the Astros or the guy like Dusty running the helm, but they have. And so it, yep. it shows you that the the players can be, or man, I guess it's probably upper management in, in that case, because they seem pretty complacent in the trash can incident and everything else. So I don't know. I I just what? love it when somebody loves what? a sport like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Too many stupid people, but on that one. <laughs> but just even the fact, like Cito, just like I said, he breathed Blue Jays blue all day. And if you're talking about, like, he's our Tony or Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. So much Blue Jay fan, new, old, indifferent, all love Cito Gaston. Yep. Yeah. And I can only hope the best for him on this ballot. Say enough good things, but to that point, being able to build this team up from the, like I said, the the, the choke artists that we were known for being at that time. You know, everybody remembers the drive for eighty five and how we were this close, yeah, <laughs> and then just completely buried it the last few. And for you, young Blue Jays fans that love this show and listen, I highly recommend going on YouTube. And if you think things are bad currently. Today, with the Toronto Blue Jays, there is a documentary on the drive for A5 and how we tanked. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: I mean, it's 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 amazing.
1: So, on that note, like I said, Cito brings it around, comes in as an interim manager and gets moved up, moves on. The team he's building in the right direction. Then we had that giant trade in 1990 with Alomar and Carter and cemented the legacy of what was going to come in 91, 92, 93, which were must-see TV and baseball, not just Toronto Blue Jays and Canadian baseball. And that was, I think, the craziest thing as far as what he had contributed to this. He made it fun to watch, period, and put something crazy on that field every day for us all to watch. Yeah. People forget those couple of years. I wasn't kidding the fact that we were around 500 at the All-Star break, Jason. People forget yeah. that fact. In especially 93, you know, because you had Older doing Older and Mahler doing what he did, and then Alomar being the three, you know, headed beast that you had at the top of that lineup. And then had, you know, don't worry about it. We have, uh, you know, White and Carter in that too. And just yeah. rounding out the acronym of WAMCO, yeah. you know, he puts
0: that acronym together on that lineup card every week, and then
1: <laughs>
0: all is said and done he was more than willing as well. And I, I, I always respected him about this. He was more than willing to take a chance. And he also had an unwavering faith in his pitchers. He, 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 he was the first manager that I ever watched let pitchers get into trouble. He They'd look in, he'd be like, get out of it. And, <laughs> you know, there's no answers. That's my favorite. Don't look in here. There's no answers in here. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and he, he had faith in them, and he built those guys into a, into a machine. And I I agree with you, had there not been, you know, the lockout, um, there might have been two more in there, you know.
1: It wouldn't have surprised me that we were at least in the conversation. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. 94, like I said, they were right there. Things were tipping in the wrong direction a little bit, but that mid-season form was coming around. Yeah. Next thing you know, <sighs> Stop. And then who knows what, if they played well in 94, what would have been in 95? Yeah. would have been the question. Because that whole thing, short season, why would you support brick of money at everybody in that weird free agency period that that became? Because it was a lock, you know, the, the whole strike and everything. And it was nothing going on. Yeah. You were left with what you had. And at that point, it was hoping that Sean Green and all those guys were going to start coming up. And they didn't really pan out in 95. They nope. started coming around in 96 and 97. At that point, unfortunately, I think the window had closed a little bit. We started seeing it perk in the right direction a little bit, but not enough to really get above that hurdle, unfortunately. And that was what led to the first 10 year of you know, <laughs> being slammed shut in 97. Um, And then the resurgence, you know, okay, great. Gibby wasn't getting the job done. Okay, we'll go, let's go old school. We'll bring back, cedo in 2008. That worked out pretty well, honestly, in all things hindsight. Yep. 2009 was a little bit of a step back, but he did start pushing the team back into relevancy. And for those three years that he was there, that was taking something and making some or taking nothing.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They're making something out of it. And what it's, do they say? Out it's of tough, what do they say? It's tough to make chicken sh- chicken salad out of chicken shit? <laughs> So
1: they <laughs> did a pretty good job of that to the point yeah, where 85 did. and 77 in uh, in 2010, you know, things like that. And yeah. put enough together, you know, sometimes you just need that secret sauce to make things right. And to that, to the Blue Jays for two separate stints, CO Gaston was that secret ingredient.
0: I've always felt like there's a, there's been a touch of CEDO on the team ever since that point. Now, I don't know if it's if it's some things that he employed when he was the manager that they've just managed to have stick around or or it's just sort of the mantra that's coming all the way up from from Vancouver through Buffalo right through to the majors. As you know, if you play with class at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be you're going to feel better about what you've done. And I mean, this is a tough year for the Jays. There was the expectations were very high. The expectations were high last year, but I don't know what you think about this. I feel like last year with the sort of the way they played and no, um, no taint to it last year's season, even though it was a loss to, to Seattle felt like a bit of a victory. Whereas this year, you know, with the, the, it feels like a
1: ding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think that, I think if they had let Schneider manage the way that sort of the Jays managers have been doing it for the last number of years, I don't know if he makes that move. Um, and then yeah. maybe we're not. I can tell you
1: right that. now, Cedar would have told somebody to screw off. <laughs> was yeah.
0: Broke, <laughs> or a, a certain John off.
1: Gibbons. <laughs> I'm not even going to go out of limb here that John Farrell even doesn't let those metrics go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's saying a lot because we all, as Blue Jays fans, know how excited and happy we were to see John Farrell coming out and managing anything. Uh, that's besides the point. Um, but to that point, I do think you made a gr- a valid point that. There is a piece of CETO within this franchise all day, every day. And I'll even give you this one, um, Jason. We say it on this show a lot. What do you need to do to be well or play well this year? You need to play CETO ball. Yep. Worry about winning series. We don't care about the long 50 game winning streaks or anything, which would be great. Yep. But it's not bloody likely.
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: If you can win series, you win baseball.
0: I, I'm really I mean, hopeful I'm, he, his
1: mantra was.
0: Yeah. I, I, he, I know he's already in the, in the wall of or on the, the wall of fame at the, at the Jays stadium, but I feel yes. like this would be a really nice, you know, feather in his cap. There's some guys in the, you know, there's some guys that make it into the hall of fame that don't have any business being in there. and there's lots that aren't in the hall of fame that deserve to be there. And I think that in some cases, when the writers are presented with an opportunity to sort of get one right, I really hope they do. Um, They have, they have not in the past on a bunch of them. And um, I noticed over the last couple of years, some of the non, you know, non player picks and some other different ones have been really solid picks. And it just, it, it, it makes the hall more authentic. It's, you know, like, should Pete Rose be in? Yes, of course he should. I mean, he's a gambler. I mean, watch TV right now, watch a sporting event right now. How many ads come on during the NFL for gambling? I mean, it's, it's, it is. So there's that. Asinine. And then the
1: fact that Alex Rodriguez has more on quote, still allowed to be in baseball. Yeah. I and mean, he literally got banned for a whole year. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's so dumb, but I'm not going to get off on the Pete Rose rant I and mean, right, let's right. just go see, let's go like Cito would do and stay positive and, and hope they vote him in.
1: I really think that this is one of the blue that not only Blue Jays fans are aware of, but I do think at the end of the day that C.O. Gasson is held with high regard. And this will be something that, if not this year, it will happen. And I just hope that it happens somewhat time soon because the man ain't getting any younger. I want him to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
0: and that's the other thing to too. That point, try and make sure that there. He looks like he could
1: still manage a team. Last time yeah. I saw
0: him, just I saying. <laughs> try and try and try and make sure that these guys are alive if you can, because the post the post humus putting guys into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's great for their family and you know for for probably a few people but if you if you're given the opportunity to put somebody in while they're still alive just do it just you know make it happen
1: correct and to that point it still breaks my heart um even though brandy holiday did a great job for roy that it it, it brings tears in my
0: that my mind even just thinking about it right now <laughs> so we just that's watched, the alternative we just watched that whole thing the uh the E60 on Roy Holiday um oh. what a great piece if you if uh, people out there if you're watching if you get a chance to watch this thing we watched the Barry Bonds one which again I mean if you want your mind changed about Barry Bonds the the person watch that if you want to stay in 1984 and think Barry Bonds is an asshole then then do that but if you want to you want to see a real a real story on a real guy those two are unbelievable and the stuff you don't know about Holiday I mean, I hope that people don't watch it and start to start to change their mind about what they think about him. But again, this speaks to the Bryce Harper's and the rest of it. Like just a guy who is ultra driven to win and ultra driven to perform. And, you know, he, sure he didn't hit the accolades that he probably hoped for when he was a blue Jay, but he was still an awesome blue Jay and a devastating pitcher. And, um, if you, if you get a chance, I, watch I enjoyed
1: the E60, but I did feel that it went a little too Hollywood documentary, true story crap at the end a little bit. A little bit. I honestly think the best documentary that they did on Roy holiday was the year he pitched the two no-hitters in the perfect yeah. game. No perfect game. Fox Sports, so FS1, did a documentary about the playoff game where he pitches a no-hitter against the Cincinnati Reds and just makes Joey Votto look like he's never swung a bat before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, But they did that as not talking just about that game. They used that as a frame of talking about him, period, for the whole hour. Yeah. And I think that one hit the nail on the head very appropriately. And like I said, it's a horrible story on how it ended, but I think there's enough good and the yeah. way we, that – holiday family flipped it around here at the end um, his legacy to uh you know obviously do more good
0: yeah i i'm actually surprised after watching that that they didn't get her more involved in baseball somehow um she speaks unbelievably well um very smart very caring very loving woman and um you know just just the whole the whole way that she handled it and and you know um it's yeah. she, she was a great ambassador for him and for the family, and and you know, just in, severity, decency in general.
1: Oh my god,
0: yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, I have a strange feeling she's doing in the holiday family are doing exactly what they would want to be doing at the end of the day and doing good things. Just I'm kind of glad that they get the fly under the radar amongst everything else that happened a little bit ensuing. Yeah. So, anyways. <gasps> We do have another Blue Jay moment we would be doing very big disservice to talk about. And that is, like I said, we had can this we whole thing it? that happened exactly 30 years ago. Do you want me to see if I can get it?
0: Yes? Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay,
1: like, fine. I'll see if, if I can find it. So let it's me probably so all one. over my Twitter feed. Let me, set, <laughs>
0: let me set the stage here. So 30 years ago, there used to be a hockey rink on Caplan Road called the Courthouse. And so I was playing hockey while that game was going on and literally as the bar would erupt during the game we would stop playing hockey this is how popular the jays and that run was we would stop what we were doing and guys would get off the ice to run to see what the tv you know what the score was on the tv and i still remember we our game ended and literally we ran into our dressing room we took our upper gear off, so I I had my skates with skate guards on in the bar with my bar, my pants and my shin guards, uh, elbow pads still on. And when he hit it, I simultaneously had two pitchers of beer dumped over my head like this, <laughs> and the smell never got out of my hockey gear. And so for I years, think it's probably okay. Yeah, for years I would be like, ah, Joe Carter, you know, like just amazing. Yeah. This incredible. is where
1: I'm this is where I'm hoping I don't date you and the, the, how, you know, the slight age gap that we have here. My, I was old enough to, you know, watch this game and everything, but my mom had yelled at me to
0: go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
1: And my dad is a is a blue Jay fan as well as we live in, you know, Yankee country here in Rochester, New York. Um, and this is where, you know, it solidified me as a blue Jays fan all day, every day, at the ripe age of somewhere in the ballpark of 12. (laughs) So I'm, like I said, I'm literally up in my bedroom kind of like stewing and, you know, they weren't playing it on the radio. I didn't have anything I could get it on at this time because that's, you know, we don't live in the wonderful tech world that we have now where everything's at your fingertips. (laughs) So Ricky Henderson gets walked to open the inning and my dad sneaks around my mom, apparently, (laughs) <laughs> Comes and gets me and my brother, and goes something crazy's about to happen. <laughs> and so we're like in the basement hiding, watching the game together, so <laughs> trying awesome. not to get in trouble. And, <laughs> and I still got to erupt in the euphoria that it was with watching this home run and just in soaking it all up. So I, I show my kids just...
0: now, and it has exactly the same effect that if you ever watch somebody watch it for the first wow. time. Every single person reacts the same way. It doesn't matter if you're a Jays fan. It doesn't matter if you know baseball. If you get to watch that at bat and have him hit it, and then that sound, if you want to hear the same sound, um, listen to uh, what's the second baseman from the Phillies, Stott. He hit a grand slam. Oh, yeah. He hit a grand slam in the first ga- uh, first series, and they have it with just the crowd noise. So they have his walk-up song yeah. play. And they're singing it, you know, the crowd singing it and he hits the first pitch out and the crack of the bat is so loud. And then the noise from the crowd is, I mean, you you can't not, it's like, there's nothing, there's (laughs) nothing, nothing even close.
1: Epic. So as we, you know, move on here, like you said, we got to play it. (laughs) So do you want me to play the audio or I'm
0: sure we'll get it? Yeah, why not? We can't do it. (laughs) Look at at Mitch Williams. Uh, Laggy. I mean, it was just like, like, it was just, and, you know, even the call, like, and Pat Borders running, he's still got his gear on like they're, you know, like it's just everything about it. And then that numb nuts, you see the numb nuts get tackled from behind out in center field as he's running onto <laughs> the field, just gets lit by the security guard. Oh, look at it. Beautiful. This is just
1: playing it on loop. Yeah. yeah but to that point, it cannot get it. This is why you watch baseball. A hundred percent why you yeah. watch baseball. You hope something like this is going to happen any moment. And I I watched something that is called Rewinded. It's a baseball series on YouTube the other day about this home run. And there's some things that were going on around this home run that honestly I had forgotten and didn't notice. And then the celebration that goes on afterwards and uh, more or less that First off, apparently in an interview before the game, um, Joe Carter said something to the tune that he's he was going to watch football on Sunday. So you better get the parade over with before he watches football.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <You're a busy laughs> guy.
1: Because the game was on a Saturday night, like like you were mentioning, and all that craziness and everything like that. So there was that. And then the fact that um Everybody forgets. Do you remember who was actually on deck after Joe Carter?
0: Oh, I should know this. It's it's crazy. Even they pitched to him. Uh, was it was it? Like, this uh, is the
1: baseball gods shining on Blue Jays fans.
0: Who was it? Tony Fernandez?
1: No, it wasn't an everyday starter. It was oh. Alfredo Griffin. Oh, it I used to ran. love Alfredo Griffin. I like him too, but at this time he's 38, you know, he's a little past his, prime. I, he's great that he's on his team, but to the fact that, you know, everybody forgets that Mitch Williams and the fricking Phillies could have literally pitched around Joe
0: Carter, <laughs> but Greg, let's not ourselves. for Alfredo Griffin, how many, times, <laughs> you know? how many times have you watched in the last, even the last, the, these last series that are, did you see the home run Harper hit the other night? That's a hanging, like, why do you challenge, why do you (laughs) challenge someone like that? Like, he hasn't taken a soft contact swing in 10 years. And you lob him one down Main Street, what, hoping what, he's going to swing over top of it? No, he's going (laughs) to mash that thing and Schwarber. This why is why Matt Chapman
1: yells at people, remember?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like like Matt Chapman knows you don't throw one down the middle to these guys. They're just going to parking lot. <laughs> don't
1: give him a cook- don't give him a cookie. <laughs>
0: no. So, <laughs> so,
1: I mean on the fact that so he walks Henderson to start the inning, he yeah. manages to get Devon White out on a pop fly. Okay, great. There's one out. Now you have the perennial best hitter in like world series baseball history in Paul Molitor at the plate. Great. What does Paul Molitor do? Oh, Paul Molitor things loop single into the left. Now there's guys on first and second. Inevitably what happens in this next at bat is now Joe Carter's at the plate. The runners move up because Mitch, the wild thing does wild thing things and kind of didn't give a crap that Henderson and Molitor just, yeah, one extra base. It's ninety feet. Not a big deal, <laughs> right? Not enough. What? At the time, they were down by two. Correct. That sounds yep. right. Yep. So it needed to be a three-run home run to win the ball game. Hence, what eventually turned into form. But now you had a base open. You had Alfredo Griffin on the on deck circle. You could have gotten a double play to end that. And thank God I'm Jim Fergosi. it Didn't see that.
0: <laughs> well, I also, I also or didn't like, care. Yeah. And, and I mean, that sometimes steps into this equation. Like Mitch Williams was so confident. He was so confident he could get the Jays best hitters out that. I mean, Joe had to be expecting good pitches. He, he just wanted to throw it by you. He didn't care. He looked awful. Pitched before the home run
1: on a slider that went 50 feet down and out. And um, some interviews you'll see in the World Series videos and stuff like that of Paul Mahler, um talking about this whole thing as he was on second base and watches this whole thing unfold yeah. from the perfect view, right? He says on record, he goes, he throws him that slider again. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> and there it
0: is. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> he hung. I mean, it. it's, it's, it's like Craig Kimbrell did it and the other nice. night. Yeah. And it's funny because when he said touch them all, Joe, you mean, I mean, the main reason is because he almost oh. missed first base, but
1: that being said, <laughs> and apparently you'd done it earlier that year.
0: Yeah. and, and it's, funny it. that, it's funny that the commentator would think that that was being broadcast out loud into the stadium. Like, Hey Joe, don't forget to touch all the bases. You know, like, <laughs> like, but, but they just, the, the poetic part of it, you know, watching him hop down to first base and then sort of look back like, Oh geez, I missed it and you know <laughs> and then to have that come naturally out of out of a broadcaster's mouth and i mean it's iconic yeah. you can you can just the play the check audio is. yeah you can just play the audio from that and toronto blue jays fans you just baseball fans know exactly you can
1: visualize it without yeah. being there which is what the mark the terrible the banners out in, actually is
0: yeah the terrible banners out in the field the the red, white, and blue banners and that really awful World Series logo behind the behind home plate, and I mean it just it, like it, mm-hmm. it looks. Ter- aesthetically, it looks terrible. But yeah, you know, and it's really the not. Best even a thing is you sprint. hear the
1: touch them all part. You, you're never going to hit a home run bigger in your life. Yeah. And the funny thing is, there's only one person in Major League Baseball that can say that they had a bigger home run, and it's because it's literally equal. And that is Bill yeah. Mazeroski of the Pittsburgh Pirates beating the New York Yankees. And it was it the 53 World Series, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So literally I mean, aptly yeah. named the shot heard around the world. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I'm remembering
0: the, the Kurt Gibson one's gotta be up there too, though. But oh, yeah. so that but that, hands, but that there's feet. only
1: one other walk-off home walk run off to yeah. seal a series, yeah. and that is my that is Mads for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. I'm not knocking the fact that there aren't big home runs in baseball history but who can say that (laughs) there's only two people and uh what i and and they're thankfully i think maz is still around too but um they're they're literally two baseball players in all baseball history that could say that they walked off a world series home run and there's and that's the thing you dream of as a kid even just playing stickball down the street you know what did you do today i hit a world series winning home run we walked it off (laughs) you know because there's plenty of people, like I say they had a whole World Series home run. It, I, I look at how many Blue Jays that were key ones. Ed Sprague had a game winning home run in 1992. You know, there's plenty of awesome home runs in Blue Jays history. Yeah. One of my favorites was the one that made us relevant for the first time ever. It was in '92 with Roberto Alomar and the famous, you know, I got a bobblehead in the background. <laughs> so, um, and then obviously that gets topped out by a few big home runs in the World Series that year too. So, and then obviously current day Blue Jays fans, in my opinion, try to compare the bat flip to Joe Carter. I'm not knocking the bat flip at all. That flip for Jose Bautista is in the top 10, top 25 home runs in baseball history, in my opinion. Easy. But it didn't walk off a World Series. No,
0: it didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, even I've even watched a thing on it that suggests maybe the Encarnacion home run was more influential than the bat flip. And same with uh, Russell Martin had a really big one, didn't he? Didn't oh, he yeah. have a home run, like a really massive home run? Um,
1: that same series in 2015 against the right. Rangers, right? Tulawinski right. also had a giant home right. run, right? Tulowinski, so. yeah. Um,
0: that, I mean, that, I think that, that, that turned that, us
1: around in Texas.
0: Yeah. I think that what the, what the touch them all, Joe home run is, is it, it's an undeniable piece of history that that group owns. And there is no, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. Like did Joe Carter crush the baseball? Yes. Did, you know, did all that stuff happen? Yes, it absolutely did. And hundred I mean, it, it, when people ask me why I like baseball so much, and I, I think it comes down to this, and I was I was mentioning this on the weekend, and my my wife kind of gave me a funny eye about it, but I said out loud, "I'm like, I love hockey, but hockey's got no romance, and baseball is all romance. I mean, even even in a stinker in the middle of August, you can find something romantic. <laughs> so, you know, they, a, a beautiful. How you not get play. romantic about baseball? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's it's just. It's something about it where you know you can have good plays in other sports, and you can have, but there's just something about baseball that that it's 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 classic, and you know moments can happen at any time, and you expect them now. Like like watching the series right now, like no lead is safe right now. No, and so no. you know, mm-hmm. like like the Phillies hit a hit a three run homer, and the next inning the the diamondback score four and you're like like how you've got the best pitcher on your team out there stop doing that um
1: it's like the baseball gods are just messing with us at this point with those i think they're just having fun (laughs) the baseball
0: gods right now i think they're just they just they're either they're either drinking too much or not drinking enough and so that's upsetting the uh the paths but uh
1: I don't know it's, why this horrible bit popped into my head from where you were going there. You ever seen a Rob Will- Robin Williams talk about how golf was invented?
0: Love it. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite, <laughs> not just comedy pieces. It's one of my favorite monologues of any kind anywhere. It is. Oh, you so mean hilarious. you you have
1: a you have a stick like croquet?
0: Fuck
1: <laughs> croquet! I'm
0: gonna make it a weirder,
1: screwed up looking stick.
0: <laughs> just and it's it's. It's, it rings true for me it. because, <laughs> you know, one of my boys has, has really taken to golf. And as you probably know, the weather, the weather doesn't permit us to play golf my all year round <laughs> here in Vancouver. <laughs> um, so I have a driving net for him out back and he, you know, he's got it set so he can kind of stay dry when it's pouring rain. We've got yep. like a putting, a putting thing down here and a little thing he can chip on down here. And yep. He came up last night and he was very upset. And I was like, dude, what's wrong? And he's 12. So um, really stable mentally and all that. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, it's what's related off? to you. It can only be so. Normal. And he's like, he's like, Dad, golf is hard. And I'm like, oh yeah, golf is golf is ridiculously hard, dude. Like, I mean, you're only experiencing not being able to chip a ball ten feet into a bucket here. Like, you know, it's it's. Yep. You, you Imagine you're... when you're in the
1: wind and a freaking yeah, cougar runs out of the bushes. <laughs> oh God. That's fun, though. That's why we play games. Yeah, it point, It is. It to your is. Point, I, I'll go back to the fact that there's a reason there's so many good baseball movies. Yep. There's so many things that get, like you said, romantic about it. It's not just yep. a stupid slapstick thing. Even when you get to the movies like Sandlot, there is tons of heart in it, and it's around the game that we love. Yep. And I'm sorry to say maybe it's the only thing I can think of, the best movie I can think of hockey-wise, is Slapshots. shots <laughs> And that's because I haven't gotten the foil ready. <laughs>
0: yeah, hockey an interesting one, and I find footballs like I mean, it, it, on whole, don't you find it interesting that Americans, on whole, they they, they love sports. I mean, they they love sports, yep. and there's been some good football movies. Like you know, there was a ra- there was a run there where like sort of after Rudy, there was a Remember the Titans, and there was you know Eddie Given yep. Sunday, and there was a few that sort of popped in there. And for baseball, I mean, we've got some good, like Major League is an excellent movie. Um, Field of Dreams is a good movie. It's a, If you watch it again, it's not a great movie. Bull Durham is a good movie. Good. Um Love Bull The Naturals a good movie. <laughs> Moneyball for my for my dollar is one of the best ones just because of the Hatterberg story and that it's real. You know, like I mean it's yes. the whole thing is real and it's just like, oh, you just And then you me.
1: have um even the beeline ones and that whole thing. And uh, maybe this is t- something else we gotta do in resurgis, you know, we did a countdown on the show probably about five years ago. It just I put a bunch of baseball movie rankings into a blender and had it spit out a list that we all could bitch and confirm on. <laughs> yeah. But one that I was surprised that actually just missed the cut was another Kevin Costner one in for love of the game. Yes. Which
0: is a good movie. And that's a
1: great movie. It's just, I like I said, it it's on one of those plane. ones that doesn't get missed. Yep. Yeah.
0: I watched it on a plane because none of the other movies would work. And then I just covered <laughs> it. was a good movie. Um, But yeah, hockey's got nothing. John C.
1: Riley being the catcher in that was perfect.
0: (laughs) I know, so good. Um, Yeah, I mean, Slapshots a a classic. I mean, it's it's a strange movie. Like, I mean, it's it's the writing in it's weird, and there's like some real deep weird stuff going on. Young Blood is a terrible movie, Um, one of the worst. Like to have guys having stick fights in hockey. Whoever made that movie should be taken out onto the ice with no gear on, and guys should be able to shoot pucks at them. So. Then what have you got? Well, Miracle. That's a great movie, and I'm not a rah-rah, you know, American, yeah. but that is a great yep. movie. Um, Correct.
1: Then you get then into like weird Mighty things Ducks. like Mystery Alaska, or yeah. you've got baby. you got to go all the way bad. to like, get something with a ton of heart, like the uh, Mighty Ducks or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I which I love those like, movies. But so my point of this was, don't you feel that like, like it's almost time for a few more good, you know, sports movies? Like it's been a while. I agree with you. Anybody's done one. And um, you know, if anybody wants to look me up, I'd love to do a a movie about a little league team. I would love to do a movie about.
1: We're happy uh, to be a broadcast group
0: for the little team. (laughs) The voice do the play-by-play,
1: Jason. I think it'd work out pretty well.
0: I know, I know. (laughs) I'd be good at color. And to the booth live, Jason. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite is when we're watching a sport. My wife, my kids, anything. Something will happen and I will say it. And literally the second after it comes out of my mouth, whoever's doing color says the exact same thing. And they just yeah. look at me and I'm like, I know. I, I, I right wife does the
1: same thing. I'm like, I know I'm not getting paid for the right job. Or at least the one that I would hundred percent be in love with all day, every day, no matter what kind of good or bad or ugly was going on with. Yeah, but I don't like my job. (laughs) There's a difference between the dream job and baseball, and then there's the difference between the job I actually get to do for you know affording all these dumb toys on my wall. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So good at both. Can't get paid for the other (laughs) one. Hence the reason we make about a beer's worth of money here every uh, month on uh, J Jaybird watching. (laughs) So, but anyway, Jason, is there anything you'd like to, you know, quickly wrap up here as we, you know, get ready to wander off here into the, you know, more off season fun.
0: Keep watching. Well, you know, like, I think uh, like Craig and I said, we might try. And if, if any of these series end, I think maybe, you know, if Craig sends me a a note from Buffalo and, and we pop on and just do a quick review of, of what we've seen, um, I'm game for that you know and like we said we saw i saw people popping in and popping out i've invited a whole bunch of new people to start watching this podcast a lot of them are hockey families you know guys send in comments if there's stuff you guys or the kids that listen to it want to talk about let me know it's all cool it's all good it's all fun that's why we're here
1: and then here's the fun with the off season period jason People, I I need to get the clue that I'm actually open to having fans on this show. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun conversations with fun Blue Jays fans. That's the reason we had our Looney Hot Dog buddies on here a few weeks ago and many and all the other goofballs we've had on this show and, you know, present company included. (laughs) The... We are the barroom chat for Blue Jays fans. And I don't care who we invite into that conversation. Yep. You are yep. all welcome to talk with us here, whether it's through the chat or if you would like to come on the show, DM us on X yep. slash Twitter slash whatever hell Elon's calling it this week.
0: <laughs> and and we'll, don't don't be talk. intimidated. Don't be intimidated guys. It's it, I know that some of the people I've talked to, my friends included, who have said, just come on. They're like, I can't talk for an hour. Not like you can. I mean, Granted, I mean, you I what every, we get you and Tom uh, yeah, talking to on this. I, I very rarely <laughs> shut up, but I mean, I've had you know, like I had my buddy Craig on, and he, you know, he had trouble shutting up. So he had a great time. It's amazing how so we're going to have get talking, yeah. get talking.
1: Yep. So we're going to have plenty more of those experiences coming on. I am in the midst of organizing a very fun t- Blue Jays trivia kind of like tournament with a bunch of other Blue Jays writers and podcasters. I have at least three teams signed up and committed to that right now. I am trying to at least make it six so we can have a little bit of a bracket to that point. If you are interested and you have a buddy that would like to join said, guess that blue Jay uh, trivia kind of contest that we're going to be. I need help. Yeah. I'm going to need a ringer on my team. (laughs) So the idea is that the way we played this, Jason. So these are the rules as far as I'll lay them out here for everybody. And you each episode slash whatever the hell contest bracket piece we're going to do. Let's say you and I are playing each other right now. I'm going to have three Blue Jays with three clues lined up for you to try and answer. If you get it on gotcha. the first clue, three points. You get it on the second clue, two points. Last clue, sorry you only get one. And if you didn't get anything at the end of that time, and mind you, there is no time constraint on any of that too so it's literally in the ballpark of me just busting your balls from the hosting seat yeah. going yeah. hey have you got anything yet got a guess
0: and, we, and, and, and as soon we, as, we're as you can poke poke, poke fun at that yeah yeah i'm in, man i'm stoked
1: it's gonna be a fun time I'm, yeah. like i said i'm building up the roster but blue jays fans if you're listening to the show and you would like to partake you just need to have a partner So two versus two versus two is the whole plan for the whole thing. So it's going to be every week. There'll be two people over each show until we form up the bracket and we're going to have some fun while we're doing it. And we're going to make it interesting. Goofballs are collect goofballs. Like I said, I got some other podcasts and other Jays journal writers. that are going to join us on those shows and we will be advertising who's going to be on what show when, once we get the schedule figured out here. (laughs) Good deal. All right. All right. Blue Jays fans. Tune in next week. We're going to have something more fun for us all to chit-chat about next week. Maybe it'll be World Series funny because it kind of looks like everything is going to be wrapped up tonight, I think, right, Jason. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have some t- stuff to talk about on who made it and all that kind of good stuff. And maybe we'll do a little bit more reminiscing about World Series in general. But. To that point, Blue Jays fans, make sure you tune in every week. We might switch eventually after all these shenanigans if the Blue Jays season gets too light to every other week, but that will be determined at a future date. So make sure you tune in every Monday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern. I know we were a little early this morning or this evening, but thank you all for tuning in. I did see plenty of you coming in and going. Um, and if you miss our live shows where you didn't get a chance to comment because you're a little late or whatever it might be, make sure you listen on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. And on that note, Jason, I got That's a it. one, a two, a three. <claps> Woo! Let's go Blue Jays.
0: Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on
1: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at birdwatching GC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us on our Patreon at
0: patreon.com/birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go!